I'm Raina. And I'm Megan. Welcome to the Shh Don't Talk About It podcast, where we talk about all the things we need to say out loud, but think that we can't. We're going to talk about all the things. We're going to shed light on them. We're going to embrace them. And we're going to fucking love them. So join us on this journey as we get rid of shame and start talking about it. Welcome to season four, episode seven. The Snip Club. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> wow. what is that all about? Came yeah. through snipping. <laughs> I had to. I had to do it. It's my favorite. Well, um, I actually don't have anything to crack today. Do you? I already opened my soda water. Ah, I already. No, I don't. It's okay, listeners. You guys can just imagine us cracking a claw. There you go. Cracking the claw. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this week's episode is kind of a fun one. Um, There's lots of good humor in it, uh, but it's about a really important topic, especially right now. Um, Raina, what did we talk to our guest about this week? Well, we talked about getting a vasectomy done. Getting the old snippy snip. Snip, snip. Yeah. Um, we had Tyler on this week and he was very gracious and shared his story with us, um, of why he got the vasectomy to begin with. You know, it started out pretty heavy actually. So I just, we just want to give that little disclaimer of, you know, his reasoning behind getting, um, the vasectomy, but throughout the episode, he just uses a lot of humor. So it's actually kind of, pretty light, but, um, just wanted to touch on that. But overall, yeah, I learned, I learned quite a bit. It's such an important thing for people to, to know, to, to know how to, what, what it is, how you get it done. You know, it's not as scary as everybody thinks it is, you know, or yeah, yeah. that really, I thought was a good thing to hear a guy talking about how it's actually just really not a big deal. Um, in terms of the actual procedure itself, of course, it's a big deal to decide whether you want kids or not, or whether you want any more kids, but that was cool to learn. The procedure itself is simple. And I was actually just thinking how important it is to be having, to be having conversations about this form of like pretty much permanent birth control. Again, Mm -hmm. just in light of the, um, Supreme court's decision on Roe. Tyler lives in Arizona. Like Raina mentioned, the reason for the the vasectomy is actually sort of heavy and like has to do with his wife's health. And between the time that we interviewed him last two weeks ago and today, the state of Arizona actually outlawed all abortion. So really just thinking about what could happen to women who could die if they get pregnant um, or have to give birth. Like this is a serious topic that, um, Mm -hmm. that, I'm glad we're talking about and glad that we talked about with someone who could crack so many jokes and keep it from being so heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Same. And just to know that there are this, there is this option for, for men that, you know, one don't want to have kids or have had kids and don't want to have any more. Like there's just, there is this option. It's always there. It's, um, it's legal, you know, like, Mm -hmm. come on. Men, you know, like, <laughs> no one's taking your um, right away. So get <laughs> snipped. Yeah. So yeah, this is a great episode. It's it's very um, much needed subject topic to talk about right now. So I hope, yeah, y'all like it. 
Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And thanks to Tyler. So, you know, welcome to the Snip Club. Enjoy. I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis. So I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere. You know, the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hi, Tyler. Thanks for joining us tonight. It's so good to have you on. Well, thank you so much for having me, Megan. It's uh, it's great to be here and uh, and discuss what I think is an important topic. So uh, a pleasure being here and, and seeing everybody's face. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> it's kind of a funny reunion just for our listeners. Like I've uh, I've known Tyler since we were probably like 15 or 16 years old um, back wow. home in Tucson. So it's a kind of a funny slash awkward little moment to see you for the first time in 10 years to um, talk about your vasectomy. Uh, you know what? Why not? Why not? If there's, if there's ever a better shoe in than it's vasectomy. <laughs> you know? Well, that's what we do around here. We talk about things. We talk about it. So we just nice get to meet you, Tyler. <laughs> Yeah, it's my lead-in with most strangers. I'm just like, well, yeah. I, I recently got a vasectomy. How about you? Uh, <laughs> well, we're fun. we're glad that you were willing to come on to talk about it tonight, actually, because um, we think that this is like 
a super important thing for people to be talking about, especially in these times where like reproductive rights are getting so dicey. Um, it's an important thing for men to know about, know how it works, know that it's not that scary. So we're just really glad to have you on. And I guess we wanted yeah. to, to, um, start out by having you share a little bit about why this is important to you. Like, why did you agree to come on and, um, talk to your friend's big sister about your genitals after not seeing her? <laughs> what else would I talk about? What else would I think? No, uh, so I, a uh, little background about me just kind of in the setup is, uh, so I, I'm 37. I'm a father of two. Um, I have a wife who I have been with for, we've been together since, gosh, it's 36, 15 years. We've been married for almost seven. Um, and uh, a year after we got married, we did the whole thing. We bought a house and um, we tried for a kid uh, for a long time. Uh, it went about like 10 months to where she was starting to threaten, threaten some of my habits. Uh, to <laughs> I, I don't know how many times I referenced Bob Marley um, had 12 children. So I'm sure it's not marijuana. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> and then we, we, she finally, and she finally got pregnant and, um, when she did, you know, we went through the first trimester, no problem. You go through the heartbeat, you do the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then in the second trimester, we went to the sonogram and she was like, you know, and then we had, you know, the sonogram, the technician was doing it. And then she called in the doctor and then the doctor comes in and it's like, just want to let you guys know, uh, your baby is at an extremely high risk for a stillborn. And you're like, Oh my God. Okay. Well that really took the, that really took the wind out of the sails of the pregnancy. So that not the best yeah. bedside manner I've ever experienced uh, in a medical field, but we, that's not what this podcast is about. So it goes on. We got to do, um, we got to do regular three times a week. We're going to the sonogram, the radiology lab, and we're doing, you know, they hook up two hockey pucks to her belly and they check the heart rate for accelerations for the electrical impulses and everything like that. So we go through the third trimester, kind of takes the fun out um, on the day of the baby shower. Um, we got friends coming in from all over flying in. We got the catered, you know, probably got about 30 people coming up. She has one more scan. Um, it's on Cinco de Mayo and she has one more scan. She goes in and the baby flatlines for a second. So they're like, Oh boy, um, you're not leaving here. Um, we're going to keep you for 24 hours. And I was halfway through my first margarita and got the call. And then we go in. It was also the day of the Kentucky Derby because um, we have a Kentucky Derby party every year. And she um, and then, you know, another hour goes Kentucky Derby race finishes. Another hour goes by the baby flatlines and we have an emergency C-section. Um, yeah. And the baby comes out crying, uh, which is the best sound, the best baby cry you've ever heard in your entire life. You know, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a total relief thing, but she came out six weeks early. So mm -hmm. we spent three weeks in the NICU, a wonderful place. Um, uh, you think of it as a sad place, but it's really, uh, it's an incredible place with incredible people and, and babies there get better and you build a, you know, a certain family, uh, amongst the other people that are in there and it really makes mm -hmm. you appreciate things. So, um, so that was our first baby. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's so intense. Yeah. And, 
my job was nice enough to let me off for the three weeks that um, we were there. So I was able to go with my wife and we were able to do the cares every three hours and then eventually let the nurses do the overnight care. So we weren't waking up every three hours. And then we brought home a four pound baby, uh, which if you've ever driven mm. in a car, that's like the most nerdy, you put them in this car seat and it's like, oh my gosh, it's like the size of a chihuahua puppy. And you like, you, you get it in there. So, um, and then you know, you're driving down the street and you're going about 25 and never hated other drivers more. Like, Oh my God, can you believe that guy? Uh, how dare he go 30 and a 25? I've never done such a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so, but she comes home, she's healthy. She's a beautiful little girl. She's four year old. She's four years old now. Uh, she's my little meadow. Aww. She's just, you know, another miracle baby. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I fell in love with this. I mean, obviously through the experience, you just fall in love and you're taking pictures and you send them to everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with the C-section, we waited the, you know, a, a certain amount of time. And then because meadow had taken so long, um, we were like, well, we better get started now. Um, it's been about, you know, it's been about nine, nine months. Might as well start now. And of course, on the first go, um, Veronica gets pregnant. Oh my and gosh. So, <laughs> so, Uh-oh. We were about to go to California for a trip with some friends that get a little thirsty and that all of a sudden got like thrown out like, you know, <laughs> took a different tone. Um, but we were just, like couldn't be over them. Or like they're going to be 18 months apart. They're going to be best friends. Uh, you know, it was about as close to Irish twins as you can get. And uh, everything was wonderful. This pregnancy was different. It was, it was phenomenal through the whole thing. It's a healthy baby, healthy baby. Um, you know, there's a 1% chance, you know, some, some women, and that's completely their choice. Um, there's a 1% chance of your uterus rupturing if you try to do a VBAC. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. So after Which our is, last odds, oh yeah, wait, hang on, Raina, can you explain what a VBAC is? Raina's our resident nurse, but what is it? No, VBAC? I'm. I don't have any children, but my, my sisters do. Yeah. <laughs> but I know it's like once you have a C-section, you like to go and give birth naturally, or like a vaginal birth. After that, yeah, it is risky, right? Like yes. they normally don't do that. Like once you have a C-section, like then you continue to have C-sections or something along those lines, right? Yeah, it's a it's a safer call. It's just a safer. And yeah. it's, like I said, it's 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 a one percent chance that you have a uterus yeah. rupture. Something happens because you have scar tissue on the uterus. I I know more about this. Than I probably should like you know we should go through <laughs> it twice. Yeah. Um, so with scar tissue, the uterus needs to expand. And I mean, what happens down there is such a a crazy miracle process that's just beyond belief. Um, and you kind of you know, sort of alteration to it just adds a, a certain risk. So mm-hmm. some women, you know, if, if the C-section was unavoidable, the first birth would really like to go through the process of, you know, a vaginal birth. And I totally get mm-hmm. that. Um, we were like, you know, we almost lost this first baby. We're going to schedule a C-section and we're good to go. So, you know, let's just keep it safe. We got a beautiful mm-hmm. girl. Let's, and, you know, we kept both of them a surprise. Uh, so we get there and then one January evening, he was due in February, late, like the first week of February. Um, and the second week of January, we're sitting there and, you know, Veronica calls me back to the bathroom and she's like, I don't think this is pee. And I, <laughs> I was like, I, like, I was like watching a uh, basketball game and I was like, 
oh no, I, I think I'm no gynecologist, but I think you're waterproof. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, uh, and like, like, I think we got to go to the hospital. So um, we go to the hospital and uh, it's fine. Our doctor, once again, our, her OBGYN um, is not on call that night. It's actually out of town. So we have the on-call OBGYN come in, kind of assess things. And then the nurse comes in and my name's Tyler, obviously. And she's like, oh, I'm from Tyler, Texas. What a coincidence. I was like, oh. You're like, I'm not interested in geography right now. Is my <laughs> wife or my baby okay? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, she's early. I mean, she's really like, early. like 50,000 people in Tyler, Texas. But no, um, so, so that happened. So we're like, well, it's coming early. And it's like, well, because it's broken, you got 24 hours. We're just going to. No, you had a scheduled C-section. We're just going to do the C-section tonight and we'll have you back. We're going to get, you know, we got a couple of head yet. So we'll get you out. We'll get, you know, probably 1 a.m. 1 a. 2 a.m. And, you know, and I'd sit in there and I had to say something. I just had to say something. I'm like, isn't this so much easier than the last one? You know, I get C-section, major abdominal surgery. However, you know, straightforward, no heartbeat issues or anything like that. And then, she had this giant contraction oh, no. that was extremely painful. Mm-hmm. And she just like, I mean, Bronk is such a trooper. I, 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 you know, I'd be crying and she just goes, Oh my God, it's like really bad. It's like really, really bad. And I'm just like, what? And she's like, and then it happens again, like two minutes later. Mm-hmm. And then maybe flatlines. <laughs> Oh and then now gosh. I find myself, we were running down another LBGYN ward with a flatlining baby. This time they weren't expecting it. So they got hands everywhere. They got needles everywhere. Trying to get they, this, this, this awful drug that they give you to relax your uterus and, and relieve contractions. But it makes you shake like something crazy. Mm-hmm. So like, So they give that to you. But then they're trying to put IVs in you and, you know, like, and catheters and everything like that. And you're just like, your whole body's just shaking. Um, she had to have it in the other one, but she was way more, you know, under um, anesthesia at the point. So it wasn't too bad with the local anesthesia. She was just a little shaky. This time was like first time go. So we're back in it again. Um, you know, she's getting rushed back to get ready for they're going to do the c-section of me like you know they're waiting for them to get out of one room to go to the other room they got the heartbeat back to a certain degree after the contractions were released um and then you know the dad waits in outside the or room that you know OBGYN or room and you sit in and then you go in and i mean the only way i can react with like this kind of level of stress and everything is just cracking jokes and it's just like oh my god this is the worst my wife saw my face i was like what's going on here and then you know, just like, oh, roll her eyes. And, uh, but she's a little out of it. They go in and they, uh, you know, they, they started the C-section procedure. And after we got through the muscle layer, uh, Cash was just sitting there in her, she had breached the uterus because what had oh happened gosh. on those contractions is that the scar from the previous C-section had opened and then had torn in multiple spots where he had actually just ended up in her gut. Oh um, my gosh. This is like, oh. yeah. And, and, you know, I, if anyone wants to have kids, I like, I always like, I always like try to be, you know, everyone's really, going to uh, want a vasectomy after hearing this story. No, uh, it, I, it's, it, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. Yeah. And Veronica's a lover. Yeah. I mean, I've been with this woman for, 
you know, we have a beautiful daughter. We've been so blessed, you know, um, and, and the grand scheme of things of life, you know, we have been extremely blessed with, with our lives. And so, you know, they pull the baby out and I could just, you know, she doesn't know that yet. I can hear them talking about it. And, you know, and that, you know, it's always up to the decision. Like you, maybe you should have pulled the uterus out then, but it's a very touchy subject because, you know, they don't just automatically do that, but it was yeah. born yeah. in eight different spots. So, so he's got to sew that all up. He's got seven minutes to sew that all up, stop the bleeding, get the baby out. You know, like there's a timeline on a breach of about five to seven minutes from what I've heard. So they get him out, sew her up. I'm dealing with cash hold, you know, with the nurse and everything like that. And then, you know, they get us, they get me and the baby back to the, uh, your, your, your birthing room. And then, um, and then Veronica took another half an hour, 40 minutes, which was much longer than the first time, Mm -hmm. uh, because of what they had to do, um, in post-op. So, uh, but out of it all, he did not have to go to the NICU or anything. He was only about, you know, a week and a half, two weeks early. Um, so we get to take him home. He's a big meaty baby, like meaty baby boy. Um, and then the reason this is such a long intro and I apologize for such a long, but it really, without this story, there's not the other story. So, yeah. um, you know, in the medical field, they, 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 you know, they, they look at you and, and they say like, well, can I have another child? And it, there's two times that I've had to have this kind of news from the medical field where they're like, you know, they can't answer you directly just because you know whatever the legalese is of it or anything like that like when you're in the NICU the mm-hmm. first thing you ask is when does my baby get out of here you know that's what everybody asks when I gotta take my baby mm-hmm. home mm-hmm. and they all like kind of look around like and my dad's a pediatrician too so like we all kind of like look around like that we like and everybody like just kind of looks and you're like well you're in the intensive care unit like that's what they don't say like you're in the intensive care like, you, you want to get home yes but I mean that's not guaranteed so like yeah they like, it's up to the baby is what they always say. It's up to the baby. So when we were like, Hey, well, we'll be able to have little children after this. Cause we didn't understand the severity of the uterus rupture. Um, really, I mean, I'm, I'm an all right guy. I wouldn't call myself dumb, but I'm, you know, maybe not somebody would want to, you know, copy my math test or anything like that. Uh, so, uh, so they just kind of look, you're like, can we have another baby? And like, you know, the OBG one, it's like, Hmm. Like, mm. You could mm-hmm. see, you know, yeah. um, but you would have recommended. Um, and then like after a little bit of the recovery, they come out and they're just like, you know, I just really, you know, the odds, you know, with your first two babies, the way they were and the odds of, you know, an internal rupture for you, that's not cotton time and you bleed out, mm-hmm. uh, is it, not insignificant to the point that you wouldn't be like, Hey, uh, you know, they're, they're, it would be a concern if you got pregnant again and, and yeah. such a concern that, the, you know, the mother's life would be um, of great concern. So um, me and my wife love each other very much. Uh, so, uh, you know, the decision um, was eventually made that, you know, that this is this is it. We've been blessed um, with two beautiful, healthy children. Um you know, no issues at all. You go through pregnancy and you're just say, you know, you hear the horror stories. And while we did have a bit of a bump on the way out, um, everything is fine now. And I'm just, you know, completely blessed. And then at, at some point you just have to count your blessings and be like, let's make the right call. So um, in turn, we discussed it and we figured, you know, 
she had had two major abdominal surgeries <laughs> that, uh, yeah. that take quite a bit. Uh, you know, you don't recover from that in a month. Um, it's, it's several months, if not a year that you're still feeling pain and that scar. Uh, it's, you know, depending on your surgeon or whatever, it is major abdominal surgery through your entire thing. And, um, you know, and, and the fear of the hormone change and everything that can come along with a hysterectomy, mm-hmm. you know, we just felt like it was an easier call for me to go in for what's not even called, uh, a surgery, but more of a procedure. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and you know, it, it seemed to make pretty fair sense to me that, you know, I'm not planning on having, you know, 12 children and I wasn't planning, I'm not planning on leaving my wife. Um, and if this is the safest way to to do it and just count our blessings, then let's go ahead and do it. So mm-hmm. that, that I made the appointment. <laughs> How, so, okay. So it makes like the whole, con- like, first of all, holy shit, that is right? such an that intense whole st- your story. story. And that must have been obviously very difficult and traumatic for your wife, Veronica, but also for you, like just having to watch your wife and your kids kind of your wife go through that your kids come into the world that way like that's so scary Tyler um it was it's very traumatic yeah. yeah I mean I can it makes a lot of sense that you're like okay we need to like make sure that we can permanently ensure that we're not our family doesn't have to go through this again yeah yeah and- and I'm kind of low hanging fruit, you know, like for the vasectomies, I'm, I'm kind of low hanging fruit and that's like, but still, you know, uh, you know, I made, mean, it was, yeah, it was like, you know, like you, how many times, you know, I'm not Indiana Jones. I, uh, <laughs> 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 you know, you can only get lucky so many times. So, yeah, you know, so you make that point. It's really quite a, it's quite a simple procedure, you know? Yeah, um, how does it go? Like I, um, let us know. Yeah. yeah I'm, curi- <laughs> I'm curious. Is it scary? Does it like, What's the procedure? I had a really good doctor, um, first off. Uh, Veronica was kind enough to find him for me. Another friend of hers, um, her husband had had one. So we, uh, so, and it was non-invasive. And it's like a newer thing that they do. It's a non-invasive vasectomy. So they don't, they don't actually, no, no scalpel, I should say. There, so you, so you make the appointment. You, you go in and you talk to the doctor first. That's the first thing you do. Like with any sort of procedure or anything like that, they're gonna, you're going to go and talk to your doctor. Um, and he's very kind, very, you know, very casual about it. Nothing like too crazy. It's like, you know, um, it's not permanent, but we'd like you to think of it as permanent. And then he's like, you know, I probably shouldn't say, he's like, but between you and me, the only people... <laughs> that try to get a reverse vasectomy are like 52 years old and they have like a 30 year old wife and, <laughs> and and they look and they usually go to the doctor and you're like can you please tell her this is not possible um you know and it's like thirty thousand dollars it's it's a ridiculous thing so like so i was like oh no i totally understand it. he's like well he's like you know typically you know the whole procedure you don't even you know um will numb the area there's a little anesthesia in the area you take a you know a volume like a half an hour before you show up, we recommend that someone drives you, uh, to the, uh, to the thing and, uh, you go and do it and, and that's it. And then I get in and out in a half an hour. So, wow. uh, so I was like, yeah, I was like, all right. You know, it's like 350 bucks. You know, if you don't have insurance, it's not a crazy expensive thing. You know, if you think mm-hmm. about, 
you know, um, it's essentially an Uber versus a DUI. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking about like all the money I've spent on, on like birth control and plan, plan B. B and condoms over the years. Like yeah. it's definitely been more than 350 bucks. Yeah, uh, it's definitely, yeah. it's, uh, I mean, and just, I mean, I, I, uh, birth control from my experience with my wife and, and her sister and other women I know, like no one really, <laughs> no one really likes birth. control. I've never met anyone's like, yes, birth control is pretty awesome. Um, besides the fact like, you know, that she, like Veronica didn't have, you know, a menstrual period, you know, for a decade, which I imagine it's pretty nice. I, I, you know, I, I don't really have much insight on that, but from what I've seen <laughs> the outside looking it's in, nice it, it, just skip if you can. Yeah. yeah. It, I, I imagine it's nice to be like, well, I thank goodness I don't have that to deal with. I can, yeah. So I guess that's a pros, but like also like Veronica had had, you know, you know, bad reactions to, to birth control. Like it seemed like we were on the track record of like everyone that shows up in the class action lawsuit, like, two years later, like the Yaz and everything like that. Oh, the ones yeah. that like, oh, she got prescribed like, Oh yeah, it makes you like, absolutely insane. Like, like, so birth control also was like, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to have to go through that. Like, especially after she, what she did, you know? Um, yeah. So we, uh, so yeah. So anyway, so back to the appointment, you, you, you go there. Uh, Veronica was nice enough to drop me on. Um, I walked through, I've got my volume in, I'm feeling like a million bucks. Uh, go in and you know, crack a couple jokes at the front desk. She's like, you're the first appointment. And then it's like clean hands. That's what I'm talking about. Clean hands, clean equipment. That's what I'm here for. Thank goodness I scheduled it early. And uh, yeah, it's not too bad. You go in, um, take off your shoes, take off shorts. Um, a nice lady, you know, the nurse comes in and, you know, puts a hot rag on your genitals, uh, which not the worst thing that's ever happened to me in the world. Tell you what, yeah. got a compliment on my Air Maxes, so that was nice. Like very nice spring. I was like, thank you, thank you. Got those when my daughter was born. I haven't been able to wear them much, but um, and then uh, really the worst part of it is the first. You know, just like I would compare it a lot to when you get a cavity out, um, and that first needle in your mouth when you're getting the shot. How that's yeah. just that's just shitty. Uh, <laughs> no way you cut it. You're just like, oh, and he's like, I'm gonna get you. And then, and then he yeah, gets yeah. eight more times and you don't feel anything, but you're still kind of like, that kind of sucks. Like say do that, but just on your balls. Um, mm-hmm. So like, it's not, it's, it's not ideal, but it's not like you're already numb. So you're, you're literally like just sitting there. Like I had brought up the Seinfeld episode about the vasectomies and he had not watched it, which was the most disappointing part. If I can be honest. <laughs> Uh, like, have you not seen the yeah? You not seen the vasectomy episode of Seinfeld? He's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I was like, oh man, so many jokes are not going to land on this on this procedure because you're up, you're up when you're, he's doing it. Like he's like looking at you, having a small. He's like he's small talk. You know? That's yeah. so strange. So goes in, and what they do, it's almost like nail clippers. So they make they don't even they, your incision doesn't get sewed up. They literally smear some Vaseline on it and call it a day. So he goes in, you get like a nail clipper pinch. And he goes in and he grabs the little tube out, snips that, clamps that, burns that, and you're done. On that side, tucks it back in, pulls another one out, and snip, snip, 
And then he was down there for a while on one of them. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm a little OCD about this one. And I was like, God, this is this conversation is almost too, it's almost too casual. I'm like, this is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is this? Yeah. Like? yeah. So, um, <laughs> so that's pretty much it. And then, so yeah, so they put some Vaseline on it, you know, hit you with a warm rag. It's a little thank you at the end. And then uh, you put some shorts on, put your shoes on. And then uh, you do the classic vasectomy hobble back to uh, the wife's car. <laughs> in the parking lot you literally walk out on your own accord it's it it's really you know of all the things you could think about i mean it's not a wisdom to it's less than a wisdom to it's Mm -hmm. yeah it's not really anything and that's the craziest part about it it's like so you go home and uh you don't get like a pain prescription they're not like you know they're not giving you percocets or anything like that they're just uh they're just like it's crazy that it's so casual Oh, um, super cat. I mean, a high five. Oh, God. <laughs> it's interesting. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it seems so simple to me. It's like a no brainer, especially if you don't want kids or have kids and you don't want any more. But mm-hmm. it seems like something that's still, at least, I don't know, in some places is like still like the punchline to a joke. And I don't, I don't know. Like, do you, do you feel neutered? Did you get any of that kind of like dumb joking from other like, dudes? Like, you know, if I was like 25, I could imagine maybe more jokes, but like, I mean, I, at this age, at this stage of life, you know, you got other people yeah. like, oh, I heard you turned off a faucet. It was weird. I wasn't very forward with it because it was kind of a personal thing. Like in the family, I wasn't like openly like, Hey, I got a vasectomy last week. You know, I told a couple mm-hmm. people, but like, I didn't even tell my parents for like six months. It was very weird in that sense that I didn't mm-hmm. like, you know, like looking back, like hindsight 2020, you know, I just kind of kept it quiet. Like I just didn't want to make a thing of it. I was like, you know, this is what's good for my family. Um, this is what's good for like. Did you, did you feel like any, you know, because of society and culture and the norms or whatever, like for the reasoning of not saying anything, did you feel weird about it like not sharing not like an like, ego like not like a male ego sense like you'd be like oh my god uh-huh. am i like you know i'm like i'm you know I'm, I'm a neuter dog or something like that it was just it felt very personal at first but mm-hmm. um yeah yeah you know and you know i'm not the type to post on social media like i got like i don't have facebook i got like Oh, uh, I have Instagram, but I got the, I got that feed very tight to caving disasters only. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so no, um, and so stupid. Uh, so, but it was like it was just like it was just like kind of like one of those things where it's just like me and like you know like maybe I don't know maybe the sexual connotation. I'm like I don't want to deal with nothing. Like, like I want to have sex with my wife a bunch. So I'm getting this like I don't know. I, it, it's yeah. weird. It's just like a weird connotation. Like yeah. I don't want to bring that up to my brother and sister and my mom and dad. Like I told my like a couple sure. of his friends obviously like right about. I was like oh man yeah I got the, got an operation. But it it also felt like it was so small that. It almost didn't need to be said, but then like the more that you see the political climate change in America, it's mm-hmm. kind of like you kind of have a responsibility to be like, yeah, that's a responsible thing to do. Uh, you know, if you're not, if you don't want to have kids as a man for 350 bucks to like have no worries for the rest of your life about it. I, I mean, the stats on a vasectomy compared even to 
a hysterectomy, like, like you know, getting your tubes tied, not a hysterectomy, but getting your tubes tied. It's like mm-hmm. five times more reliable in the prevention of a pregnancy than that. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. egg's got to work its way around a knot, you know, like, wow. <laughs> so you think about that. And then, so it doesn't go away right away. Though. Like you gotta, you have like a month got a month left with your boys. Um, but it's not like anything. It's not like you stop ejaculating. Like 98% of ejaculate is not semen. Um, you know, it's a very small amount. So like, Nothing on that sense for guys. I was like, when he's like, well, don't worry, you'll still have your ejaculate. I was like, well, thank God. I'm like, in all honesty, you know how much trouble you could save me if you just turned that off too? Um, you know, like, I was like, is there guys that are just like, really like, just like, no, please tell me. Please tell me I get to make a mess. Uh, and I was like, he's like, hey, you'd be surprised, Tyler. You'd be surprised. And I was like, well, I was like, well, that's, the, you know, I'm like, you really could do me another favor if you, while you're in there. Just turn it all. Turn, <laughs> turn it all the way out. Turn it all. Turn it all. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. to me, I it's funny because I know a handful of other uh, men that have had a vasectomy, and um, anytime someone's told me about it, they almost like whisper it. Except my mm-hmm. partner has one. When he told me uh, when we first started dating, I high fived him. I was so stoked on that news because oh. I don't want kids ever. And it was like, they, okay, amazing. Like between the vasectomy and my IUD, like thank God we're good. But other <laughs> other dudes that I'm just friends with who have yeah. like disclosed yes. it, it's like this like whisper. I can't remember. I don't even know why it would be coming up in conversation, really. But who knows? People tell me weird things all the time. Um, yeah. And I don't know what that's about. It's like, as women, like we talk about the birth control that we're on all the time. It's like birth control and periods are regular topics of conversation. Yeah. Um, maybe it's just more normalized. There's a lot of ego that goes, I mean, I, whether you're conscious of it or not, like I've never thought of myself as a macho man. You know, I've never been like, oh man, locker talk, let's rock. Um, <laughs> it's been much more like whatever. Um, uh, not a big, yeah, not a big organized sports guy. Uh, I do bet on them, but I never really played them. Uh, so plug all bets are on. No, um, but like, there's a male ego that kind of is even in check, even whether you like know it or not. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there's a certain amount of testosterone that like you are, you know, there's a manlyhood. Like, what do you, it's your purpose on this planet? No one, you know, everyone, I guess, you know, existence is the mystery. Um, and everyone grasps to a single purpose and some low hanging fruit is maybe that I'm just here to make babies, like in a, in a basic primal way, uh, you know, that's my purpose. So I'm going to make some babies and, you know, I'm going to do my part and then I'm on my way, you know, but I'll have the, you know, have my heir to the, heir to the throne, you know, whatever. I, I, I don't know. Like, and that's like <laughs> one thing I, but yeah, that's so true though, because that's history, right? Like that's. A lot of religions, a lot of, you know, historical things are just like, we're here to produce and to make babies. And if you're not doing that, then what are you doing? Like, even us that decide not to have any children, it's kind of like, we're, we're not the norm, you know? So maybe like even having vasectomies is, is not the norm, you know, but it's, it can be, you know, for people that decide not to have children, especially with what's going on with abortion rights. And can you just imagine like, if you were in a state where, you know, if, if something super high risk was, you know, 
happening oh, I, and you I, didn't have not that only right? can I so. not only can I imagine it I live in I know one. you've been through I live I live in one I live in Arizona so this I got this before the law changed but um yeah if my wife were to get pregnant right now in Arizona and they're like oh my gosh you know you've got a 50 percent chance of dying during this childbirth sorry that's we'll, we'll do everything we can to take care of you but we can't we can't give you the eight week abortion uh, to save your life and make sure you, your two other kids have a month. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's literal insanity, but like you can't make sense of the insane. Like you'll go around in circles mm-hmm. just being like, you know, you know, you're, you're, you're following a book from 2,500 years ago that doesn't yeah. really, yeah. Um, but no, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, just to answer like you know, the hesitation to, speak about it I, I i think there i think it really just comes down to male ego and every male ego is on a different level or in a different way you know mm-hmm. or or protects you know um but even in your most biological stance you know everything on this planet is essentially everything they do is is to reproduce in a sense you know like you look at a plant mm-hmm. look at your animals like everything the full drive is that and you know, obviously, uh, as human beings, as intelligent beings with a sense of self and, you know, conscience and uh, theory of choice, you know, mm-hmm. it, it changes a bit. But I think there still is, I would think there still is this biological, deep-rooted thing about it. Now, I, mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard for me to talk on people that maybe don't have kids. I have two kids and then I got the vasectomy. So I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm kind of like middle of the road there. Um so if someone that got a vasectomy for having children or, you know, might have a different whole opinion on it, but you know, as far as why and why people would be quiet about it. Um, and it's different the biological clock on men is much different than women. That's just, you know, that's just a fact is where it's, it's, it's very tough to, uh, you know, you got Larry King, you know, impregnating people at 68 and you're like, Jesus. Christ. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and not but 30 years ago, the idea of having a child at 42 for a woman was insane, right? Like, it's an interesting thing, you know, uh, why people might be hesitant. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the male ego is a hell of a thing, um, as we've we've all kind of figured yeah. out over the last year. Yeah. <laughs> or the last four, maybe. Well, I really appreciate you sharing all that, Tyler, because I just think, you know, for women our choices all kind of suck kind of painful any form of birth control messes with our hormones forced pregnancy obviously is an awful thing to have to go through and then uh hysterectomy and getting your tubes tied is a really big procedure and they won't give it to you um unless you've already had kids or if you're like have a medical reason or you're like past childbearing age it's like the stories of women that don't want kids and have tried to get tubes tied, like trying to find a doctor who will do it is almost impossible. So it's just kind of great to hear you share your story about how it's like pretty casual, uh, not that expensive and uh, can do a lot of good in this world. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. I would tell, I mean, it really is though. I mean, that is like, well put, If, if you don't want to have kids, if you really don't want to, if you're a man, you really don't want to have kids and you care about your partner and they're 
you know, and you've come to a decision with either that part or just a personal decision that you don't want to have children. I mean, there's really no reason not to. That's it. You know, the worst I heard was, you know, do I, should I talk about the worst case scenario that I've heard? Sure. Yeah. What's the, but like, what's the like botched, most botched. So once you're in the snip, once you're in the snip club, everybody starts coming out of the woodwork. You get, there's more people than snip than you would, than you would think. They're like, they're like, you know, I was like, you, you know, cause after six months, after you, you tell a few people, you're just like, oh man, yeah, I got the faucet turned off like six months ago. And, and they're like, oh man, yeah, I did it. I did it three years ago. And the big kicker is, you're, you know, you got two days where you're just supposed to lay down and let that puppy heal. Um, you know, and you just sit on the couch, watching movies, whatever you're into. You just, you don't want to move. You just, you're sore. You're just sore. You know, you've had a, you've had a procedure. You've had a, it's not a surgery, but you've had a major procedure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but the, the kicker is you have like two weeks that you're not supposed to, you know, to masturbate or have sex. Um, mm-hmm. And in case ladies, you're, you're not familiar. Guys love themselves. Um, <laughs> gotta get a sneak jacket. <laughs> you know, sometimes, sometimes. So I, you know, I had a buddy that broke the rules, and oh. and, <laughs> and tried to relieve himself. Is it worth so the pain? <laughs> a little, a little too early. Oh, it is. Let me tell you, it is nothing nice. The first, it, 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 you know, it, 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 you do pay to play, but I mean, it's not like, like in the grand scheme of things, it's nothing like that bad. But like. I mean, yeah, I mean, oh you know, man, it's terrifying. It's, it's like, oh, ooh, I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, yeah. So <laughs> what's going to come out? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know exactly. I mean, what the, I have no clue. I have no frame of reference here. I mean, it's not like there's YouTube videos of it. Um, you know, like it's, <laughs> it, it's not like caving disasters. No, um, there is, there is like, so he ended up because of that having about six months of of pain upon you know oh. erection stuff like that so um, oh, yeah so, okay yeah. well that's so a good got, warning so, yeah it's a good warning like, you got to keep your hands off yourself i know you guys love yourselves but my god get wait the full wait the full time elapsed time you know god. there's other things you can do dig a hole or something i don't know i i, I <laughs> but then <laughs> yeah, after that just yeah after that, like, when you feel the clamps too, it's a little weird. I will, I will say, like you know, as a lady, I felt the clamps like one time. Like, oh. I mean, if you can't deal with that, I mean, buckle up, Buttercup. You know, like. Yeah. Well, this has been very interesting, um, and yes. I appreciate end, kind of ending on that like warning, like get it done. No reason not to. Follow medical advice. Usually a good, usually a good call to listen to what your doctor tells you. Um, but yeah, is there anything we're forgetting? Anything else that we should throw out there so that people can understand this? Really, is no big deal. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, what are we missing? Keep your hands. You know, as long as you can keep your hands off yourself for a few days, it's the easiest thing. Yeah. And you get a free volume out of it for three hundred fifty bucks. And going. <laughs> So, you know, uh, where do you but where do you go though? Do you just go to like a urologist or absolutely, who does these absolutely. There, there's a there's specialist. I would recommend if anyone's interested in the procedure, I would recommend um uh people that do the non-scalpel. It's extremely mm-hmm. it's it's a newer technique, but it's also 
extremely efficient. The guy I had had done over 2000 procedures this way. Um, go to the consultation consultations, like 75 bucks. No, you don't have to book the following appointment. Um, but you can get the information. You can see if you like the surgeon, the neurologist, you know, and, and, you know, size it up and, 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 you know, and candidly ask the questions that you want, but you also have to like, you know, I would say you do, do think of it as permanent, you know, is it reversible? Probably. You no, know? but I, I think if you're going into this, you think of it as permanent, but the good you'll do and the relief you'll give your partner is exponential to what you will have to go through. And that's, I think that's the bottom line is that, you know, if you both decided it's a no brainer, it's, it, you'd be selfish not to, and I don't want to put that on anybody, but truly, I mean, it's not that big a deal. Yeah. Yeah. I, you can even go with your bro. Like there's a guy here in Los Angeles. Go with your that bro? Does, there's a guy yeah, here in LA that does brosectomies. Where you get like a, you get, you get like a deal or something. It's like, oh a, it's a thing like brosectomy. I love that. <laughs> I'll put a link to it in our show notes or something so people can find it. But Tyler, so Tyler, thank you so much. And thank you also for sharing yeah. your, um, your children's birth stories and just what a difficult experience that was for you and your family. Yeah. I'm glad it worked out that everyone's healthy, but wow, what a journey. And yeah. yeah, it's been a wild ride, wild ride. And then we had, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Cash was born in January 12th, 2020 or 20, yeah, 2020. So he's a COVID. Oh, shit. So like we, I came, I was on paternity leave and came back and it was like two weeks in the office and I came home. So there's never been more than like, I think it's been, 24 hours I've been away from the set. It's great. Wow. Well, uh, if you have a podcast of your own. Where can people find you if they're into well, we're very uh, random. sports gambling? Uh, we used to, be, <laughs> if you want to go to old dated losing bets, you can go to all bets are on. It's the Tuesday. It used to be the Tucson Weekly podcast, but follow Christopher Bone on Twitter. And we are doing Twitter spaces now. We are doing an all bets are on on there. On occasion, we're revving it back up for the college season. Uh, we have a lot of fun with it. Um, he works for gambling.com. I work for Tucson weekly. If you're in Tucson, pick up a paper, check it out. Nice. Well, thanks so much, Tyler. It was fun to catch up with you and learn about this. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. It was, this was a delight. Anyone that lets me talk for 45 minutes straight is all automatically my best friend. (laughs) 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 Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.